excited to listen to the Reality Czars podcast. How brave of you. Nate and Paranoid American may think that they're merely discussing cryptozoology, interdimensional realities, and crude humor. But know this, listening to this podcast puts you on a certain list, the Clinton body count, if you will. The truths they reveal are not for the faint of heart, nor the blissfully ignorant. Listen, if you dare, but remember, some doors, once opened, cannot be closed. And now, your hosts, those audacious explorers of forbidden knowledge, the reality czars, Nate and Paranoid American. And we're live. Welcome, everybody. This is the Reality Czars podcast, and we are hosts today, Nate and Thomas, the Paranoid American. The Paranoid Motherfucking American. That's right. <laughs> we have Ryan Christian from T Lab on. Thank you, brother, for joining us. Uh, we're hey, Thomas, us- good to see you again. Thanks hey, for having yeah, me on. Uh, we're calling this a part two, but it's part whatever. And uh, we were just discussing uh, different vaccines. We're not on anything that's going to get us taken down. And if it's so, then fuck it. I don't care. Uh, <laughs> so we were just talking about different ideas of vaccines. And Thomas, you had you had just heard something what about. I was connecting two completely unrelated things, but I was talking to someone about superfluids and that when you lower the uh, temperature of helium, it can turn it turns into this completely different substance called a superfluid where it can permeate the like container that it's within. Right. So what if they just found a way to superfluid shit so that you don't even have to go and like inhale anything? You don't have to be in contact with anyone. It could just now that's science fiction, but. I mean, in the 60s and the the seven, arguably 70s, MK Ultra style, they were just like strapping something to the bottom of a car and driving it around as it like spewed things out. So it wouldn't put past anyone. Like, no, if they're too resistant for Since this next out- wave, we'll just make sure that they take it, right? Like, I'll just cough the vaccine onto you or shed some proteins onto you. And then there's no consent anymore. Like, you don't have to worry I think about that's it. that's what's happening right now, dude. I, yeah. That's what- I wanted to get away from my coworkers. This one place that I was working at, but uh, well, anyways, I, you have just, going, Ryan? yeah. W- w- before you I bring you bring it in though, uh, just when you were talking about uh, super flu, are you saying that in the no, sense? No, sorry, of, like, super fluid. Fluid. Okay. So, okay. Super so I was fluid. Like, that makes sense. It was completely yeah. detached from like the the like I was connecting like a science fiction concept with well, like, it's, you know. It's very interesting, theory. though. The idea of well, it's not even though it's not even like a theory. Like the idea that you're so all you're really talking about is a a an element that would be able to kind of spread and fill out the space in a room, kind of an idea, right? And so that, but the, that overlaps with the idea. That's why I grabbed this video real quick of a very real concept. And this, there's two ways to talk about this. And first of all, it's self-spreading vaccines. That's these are. It's, it's amazing that there's so many things that have been not only like researched, but actually visualized, created. I'll bring, actually bring up another thing we'll show after this, but that, that the idea of self-spreading vaccines is not a hyperbolic discussion. It's not, it's real. And it's actually been used already. It's been discussed. So what we're going to show here is a video that was, uh, it was about a, uh, like a symposium that was done in 2020 in the EU. It was huge. And it was all about, are we going to allow this to take place? And it doesn't necessarily... COVID-19. The word virus has been dominating media headlines as well as our daily lives. Did you know that one approach that has been proposed to control virally transmitted diseases is by releasing a virally transmitted vaccine? Unlike traditional vaccines, infectious vaccines do not require any individual consent. Did I press pause? That's sorry. I was just going to say really quickly right there. You can see 
what they're showing you is, you know, that the, the viral particles, maybe the spike protein, literally floating or however they want to visualize that and onto a pregnant <laughs> woman, the child next to her, the baby in her belly. And they're like, hooray, no informed consent. What a great I mean, thing. That, that might be the baby. It might just be like a pure vaccine that's just going to be birthed out into the room, right? <laughs> right. Well, as it keeps going, it gets, it's really, it's, it's just amazing. This is from 2020. Infectious solutions are also being developed for food and agriculture and are currently making their way through the regulatory approval process. However, do we really want to intentionally disperse these modified viruses outside the lab? Is this a forward march of science or a mistake? Join our live event at the 2020 Euroscience Open Forum. To now, what's funny about this and that the gist of it, they just rattle off all their, they're talking, the, you know, follow us here and, and subscribe. But the point is that this is a huge discussion. And when they were doing this, this was not a let's can we should we do it tomorrow? They're saying, do we really want this to be the for this stuff already happened? Insect Allies was a program that came out years before this. It's all the same kind of thing. So this brings us to the point of today, right? That what we're just what you're discussing. And this so the idea being that that the spike protein has already been shown to to be able to shed. This is not a hyperbole. This also is not theoretical. Dr. Warren, who is one of the uh, discoverers of this very technology or mRNA in general, is one of the people that earliest spoke up and said, well, obviously the shed, spike protein can shed, but he then said, well, it doesn't seem like it's enough to hurt anybody, but that's because he was under these incorrect assumption that it only made just like one or limited spike protein, which we now know it continues to make it in your body. Even they've admitted this, right? So based on this logic, yes, it is shedding, but does that mean you can get sick? Well, according to the Salk Institute, 100%. They've already proven that the, the spike protein by itself is cytotoxic, that it can shed, you can catch it, and it can cause disease. So that means symptoms. That means you can spread it again. So right there, what are we talking about? Is that a self-spreading vaccine? It's something, self-spreading something, but it's just a protein of what we argue is the, the full thing, which that's a whole conversation, whether it's even there. But that's not really the same thing. If all you're doing, so in my opinion, it's a whole different thing. Like you're shedding this new thing. What is that? When you get sick from the spike protein and spread that to somebody else, is that the new variant we're talking about? Like I, it, there's so many unanswered questions, right? And then I'll add one more thing and then we can, you guys, we can talk about this is this is something that they worked on. Let me grab this for you. Oh, can I share? I can share my screen, right? Yep. This is something they worked on in the nineties. If you can bring that in, that's, this is, that's Ralph Barrett from from uh, uh, University of Chapel Hill, of North Carolina, Chapel Hill. Doesn't he look healthy? Yeah, <laughs> as always, right? And it, the U.S. funded research on literally trying to find out, which clearly they did, how to use a coronavirus to induce myocarditis. They did this in the 90s with rabbits. Then they went on to try to use that same technology to spread it amongst the bats in the caves. All this is documented. Of course, we pretend it's not the same thing and it's all vaccine research, right? But my God, I mean, doesn't this look like they're just literally created something that caused myocarditis and tried to make it into something and maybe it got out of control? Maybe this was all part of the design. I don't know how people miss this stuff. I mean, this is all verifiable information. You know, it's pretty crazy. But to I your like, point, obviously, it's real. You know, <laughs> on on that little animation you showed, it was so appropriate that on that final slide, it showed like a cornfield and like the virus kind of like jump around. And it made, made me thought all of those Monsanto lawsuits where like you didn't even have to use their seed. Exactly. It would just germinate and spread and no one has any control over it. And I'm glad you picked up on I mean, see, this is the thing is we tend to hyper focus on. You know, we're in virology here. We're over here in East Palestine on something different. The, the point, though, is that all of these things are very interconnected. You know, like you just said right there, that is at least an extension of the same kind of technology, right? You are you are literally 
I mean, it's it's not it's an overlap. Let's put it that way, because what you're really doing is kind of cross pollinizing. But then it's all genetics, right? This is genetically modified organisms that are spreading and changing the genetics of something else. That's pretty much exactly the same thing. But then we broaden this out into whether it's antibodies or, you know, but this comes down to genetic engineering, gene gene therapy. That's what the injection really is, you know. So insect allies, I hope people will look up because that thing's from 2015, I think. And it's the same group, same people. They just came out and said, hey, we have this new program where we can use insects to, to help people's crops. And all these scientists around the world from like 20 different countries made this huge document. They said, that's a weapon. You're lying. That's dual purpose. You know you can use that as a weapon to attack the crops or th other things. And they quietly went away with it. And that's why that video is talking about the crop part of it in 2020. Should we want this? It's like we already talked about this. You know? <laughs> Could I, could I dump a little bit of vodka in the punch bowl really quick? Because <laughs> the more we talk about like gene therapy and, and genetic manipulation and stuff and, you know, high science, um, the Jeffrey Epstein connection, like it's, it's a real one here because of the human genome project, which he had relation to some of the scientists and they all claim like, oh, I just, you know, we just donated money. We did money things because that's what everyone else was doing. But I mean, Epstein's had a very specific kink about genetic manipulation for whatever reason. Right. And I just wonder, like, where's if there's some overlap there and and like the Bill Melinda Gates Foundation and the mosquitoes where they want to, like, you know, cure viruses and cure diseases by unleashing vaccines through mosquitoes, essentially oversimplified. But it feels like they're all playing in the same sandbox. I agree. I agree. I, I think we'll see what what I think we have to remember, too, is that just because there may be like an ultimate kind of broad focus for a lot of people in similar positions of power, that there's always multifaceted agendas, too. Right. They're like from Epstein, pers in, you know, personally, you can always just we've talked about in the past his weird focus, like you're saying, on trying to kind of like seed his genetics into the into the human race, like very creepy stuff. I mean, this is genetics or, or uh, uh, eugenics we're talking about. Right. That's really what this stems back to. So how they individual in visualize visualizes that is different. Right. So I think that there is a lot of these powerful technocrats that want to live forever. that want to put their conscience consciousness inside of a machine. And that's a real open discussion. Right. That's transhumanism. But then there's this other weird side of it, like this eugenic side of it. That's about trying to either influence the outcome of humanity with your own genetics or remove the bad parts of it and these things all intersect and overlap but they're different you know what i mean so for, so epstein's side of it i think is about you know this it, this it's not we always tie it back to the nazi mentality but remember this was born in the united states before yeah. it was ever adopted by the nazis and so this goes back to these classic families we always talk about and i think that that's a huge part of this and it's kind of engineering the species but again that's why it perfectly intersects you could argue that they're two separate things or just that it became technocracy or became the technological part of it that is today once they became technologically capable of doing things a lot more that's why i get so concerned about the nanotech side of this that we can't see the internet of nano things they're talking about right now this stuff is terrifying and it's not tomorrow or a year from now it's like right now you know but yeah i think you i think epstein's a huge part of it like the that side of the conversation could i, could I assume you're not like a, a kurzweilian uh sort of syncretist where you're, you're like, you know, bring on the nanotech, bring on the the 50 different vitamins a day. Let's just no, like all become you. balls of of carbon. No, God, no. I mean, you know, I am I am like like as 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 diametrically opposite of that as you could possibly imagine. I'm like organic human older car. I don't want your technology <laughs> I'm like stepping away. I don't want a new TV. I want to go find little boxes this time. That's how I feel at this point. You know, everything is whether it's even 
the like if it's a the whether the company's aware of what they're doing or not. And I do think most of them are. They're all just kind of like sleepwalking into this direction of lack of privacy, wildly invasive. And you could pretend it's about interactive, you know, benefits to the user. It's just such obvious manipulation. Well, you know, know? I, I gotta I gotta mention this one because because I worked at Disney for 10 years. And when I was like halfway into that, I remember they were pitching. I'll make a like long story very short, but they were pitching this whole like club penguin style disney you know virtual world where people would log in and just let their kids play it all day and if it was educational enough then technically like you could do it at school it was like this whole thing right um but the the whole concept of that i remember asking there's all these laws about you're not allowed to ask kids anything that could personally identify them like and back then it was like even asking them what their favorite color was might have been a little too far right like oh you might be able to identify them but one of the and I raised my hand in one of these big meetings and I was like, what about this aspect where you're not supposed to get this information? And they were like, it's a different world. Kids right now. And this was in 2006, 2007. They're like kids right now are like fumbling over themselves to tell you about their favorite music and their favorite artists and everything. And that it's a completely different mindset than maybe like when we grew up where it was like, hey, maybe keep some of that stuff offline. And you were kind of like asking for it if you did it to the new one of like, no, but I want Disney to know what my favorite things are because then they can show me more of my favorite things. So the, the, the sentiment was like, we don't have to worry about that because as long as we say, you know, all this is optional, like we're not going to ask you for any of this. If they put it in, then we mm. can just use it. And they want to put it in. You give them points for putting it in. So incentivizing. Yeah, I just saw something about this, actually, where, the, you know, the, the, the sentiment is being put forward. That, you know, the new generation just doesn't care as much as we did about privacy and about and that that's being engineered. Now, I, I'm certainly just part of it is organic. I would imagine people that just are like you said, just I mean, even when I was a kid, you know, you, you're kind of fascinated by the the technological things. Oh, neat new gadgets and so on until you start realizing there's a lot more to it than just some new flashy thing. You know, but I think so. There is a part of it that where people just don't care about the side of consequences or rather kind of buy the narrative and don't want to engage with the conspiracy theory and pretend like it's not real. But I, I think that a lot of it is engineered, right? Where you're driving people into the group think you're only cool if you share all of what you did yesterday on TikTok kind of thing, like in these new, you know, in young, I mean, elementary school. Like, I swear, if I had children today, I would, I, I would probably be one of those crazy parents that doesn't ever let them touch a phone. Like that's, that's and then they get going. ostracized, right? Because then they're exactly. like, "How come little Timmy doesn't have a TikTok account? What's like, what's going they on in his house?" They treat him like he's the, the pariah, like he's the one doing the bad thing, you know. Yeah. And it's and, <laughs> and what's weird is you they, you couldn't just be like, "Oh well, you make that weird choice, then so be it." No, they actually do literally treat them like a pariah. These people are weird, and they're the danger, even though they're the only ones that truly seem to understand what's going on. You know, it's 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 crazy. Th there's that, a similar thing too, where like a kid's like, "Oh, my parents don't let me play Call of Duty," or "My parents don't let me play Grand Theft Auto," and it's like, "What? What's wrong with your family? What are you like, some kind of weirdos?" <laughs> it's crazy. Right, God, I mean, we'll look back one day and be like, those were the only people that, you know, it's, it's, I mean, it's not like saying that any of these games are necessarily immediately dangerous, but, you know, maybe, I mean, quite frankly, I wouldn't even put it past that today, but I think inherently they're always trying to plant certain ideological things and different images and, but then, you know, to where we are today. Yeah, I mean, it's probably where they're harvesting like school shooters and stuff like yeah, that. They've man. been watching them oh, play yeah. Call of Duty for years. And oh, that's a spicy like, episode. Yeah, <laughs> dude, that, that's talking in... up about that. The military overlap. Yeah. Well, so, so man, like, uh, I actually joined the military because of a video game. Like, I'm, I don't want to get into the whole thing, but that, like, if it weren't for a video game, I wouldn't have right. joined the military. And when I got out of the military, 
I I was a marksman, so I just had like a fascination with, you know, competition shooting. So I kind of like stuck with it for a while. And after about 10 years, I started meeting, you know, going to new jobs and meeting new people and like this younger crowd. And I remember asking them like, oh, where'd you get into guns? Like, why did you want that MP5? Or why did you want that specific, you know, model? And it was just like, oh, I, I use it in Call of Duty. And I, it just right. blew my mind because, I mean, I grew up playing Goldeneye, but it's not like <laughs> I had to go out and get that, like, polygon, you know, like, gun out there. But there's a very real wave of people that are fascinated in the in the gun community specifically. And no, no hate on them. Like, you know, Second Amendment for any reason. I don't care if it's mm-hmm. just because you like how it feels to have it on the wall or whatever. But right. uh, but I also feel that, like, that's a, it's an interesting new influx of, like, they don't want it for protection. They don't want it because something happened or because, you know, they're, they're good at it for competition. It's just like, yeah, that was my favorite gun in call of duty. So I need five of them. And the big difference is that they're, you know, and that, again, this is where it becomes very deliberate. It's not just about making the game more accurate. It's I mean, certainly in somebody's mind, probably, but that you're using like exact measurements, exact information about the mechanisms on the guns. I mean, everything to where these people are like, I mean, there, there's a fascination there. Like that's cool outside of the agenda, to be like, oh, neat, I'm learning about how this works. And I actually, so then you feel like, oh, I could actually do this. That's what that's really about, right? So then you're like, maybe I can just sign up. But see, that's one part of it. And that's crazy. Like, it's alarming. Like, why don't we think about, you know, because obviously they frame it as, you know, military good and freedom and whatever. And so we don't think about that overlap. But there's also the intelligence side of it, which I think well, is actually what's more important is harvesting the, the, the kind of borderline sociopathic people out there to be their whether we're talking shooters or just people involved in, in military agendas and used that way. Scary. Yeah, man, for sure. And when you look back and you see the old conservative ladies that were saying video games are going to make it more like society, more violent. And you're like, you crazy old lady. And you're like, or Tipper Gore, right? Tipper Gore was like, rap music's going to kill, like, you know, destroy Mm -hmm. the family unit. Oh, well, (laughs) So what do do you think about that? (laughs) Do you think those were people that were actually seeing the possibility or were they even right at the time? Or were they seeding this so it got dismissed? There's all these different ways you could look at that because that's yeah. social engineering has uh, been around for a long time. I also feel like there's a, in my opinion, the, the more practical approach is like, don't let a good tragedy go to waste. So if yes. people are already worked up over this, why not use that for political capital? There's no reason not right. to. Well, here's the other way to look at it, too, is that, you know, so this is well, the reason I said that middle part is because I don't believe that in a general sense, an organic sense. And I don't believe, I didn't believe it then. I was, th- my mind was then, I was like, well, that's stupid to argue that, that it's because of the video game and not just because of the military or because of all the other bullshit you guys are doing to everybody. That's but silly. maybe, but maybe. <laughs> well, yeah, but that's my point is that, okay, was that the case then? Or did that, did that manifest? Like, did that become the reality? You know what I mean? Like, because like, I, I would argue a benign video game with no propagandized elements, that's ridiculous. Whether they're violent or not, to say that's going to turn you violent, I find that so like Mortal Kombat. Well, that's a good example because that was one of the first ones that sparked a lot of this was right. like, oh my God, you can rip someone's heart out in Mortal Kombat. So like, is there a direct, you know, correlation or like, oh my God, kids so. across the country are ripping each other's hearts out. Right. I don't think there's any overlap there, but then that's my point is they either set that narrative of this where it began or however you look at that. But then eventually that met, that became reality, right? They very clearly are using these things to drive certain mindsets. So I don't know. It's an interesting question. And that goes into all of this stuff. You know, the, the grandma pointing that out, maybe she was right. <laughs> well, dude, I mean, it's also the whole idea of like, uh, 
what do they call that? Like copycat killings and things like that. Right. Copycat things that happen. But they, but really the only reason why it becomes a copycat is because they promote it in the news. They say the dude's name over and over again. Like You're this right. person yeah. becomes famous. And then this nutty person goes, I want to be famous. I want people to right. remember my name. Yeah. And so it's not necessarily, he just saw that that happened and he picked up a gun. It's because the news makes it into this thing. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, there is like the chicken or the egg. One more part to that, since we're on, you know, reality ours, let's take it to the next step. Or, oh, yeah. or you actually are going, okay, now let's create the copycat. Let's take an MK Ultra candidate. <laughs> That's always certainly possible too. And what's funny about that is that, you know, I'm kind of joking. It's like, I love taking it to that next level because obviously that's possible. Like anybody that would say that's not possible is a child, but I'm not saying that's even likely. I mean, it's, it's probably highly unlikely, even if it's a very real constant thing, just based on statistics. Right. But it's amazing that we don't people, some people, a lot of people just don't ever want to step in even like tangentially to anything even seen as conspiracy theory. I'm just so frustrated by that. Like there's so much real, like MK ultra is well, a very real project. Here, here's <laughs> where I actually think that it is more likely than unlikely in some cases. And it's not a direct MK ultra. I'm, I'm curious. If you've ever heard of something called PatCon, uh, mm-hmm. which was, it was supposed to be, this is from some uh, research from a Trine day um, book about Timothy McVeigh. I believe it was called mm-hmm. uh, aberrations of the real, I believe that's the name of the book, but they basically make this statement that the FBI had a program called PatCon, And what they were doing was they were trying to like, throw fuel into radicalization fires and and i don't know if you if you know anything about like the mcveigh or the okc Uh case specifically but apparently they had like met up at this place called elohim city which was supposed to be like the mecca for redneck you know like racist all across the country they would all uh, make this this great migration to elohim city and learn how to like you know make explosives and just kind of like put together you know their dr claw evil um scenarios and and yeah so so this though it's interesting in that book where they they make this argument that at one point elohim city might have been more alphabet than normal people like more alphabet than extremists <laughs> so so you had like two or three cia guys there you had some atf you had some fbi you had some uh there was even like um not aclu but uh um the southern poverty law center whatever um like one of that like they had some some people there so if you actually were to put them into groups there was like you know one to two between actual extremists to the government but the government wasn't coordinating amongst itself so they all thought each other were extremists so they're working themselves up into a frenzy right like how far can we push this guy that is clearly the bad guy but they're just working themselves up and then the normies that are in there are also getting worked up. So it's like the whole thing comes to a boil, but was it the alphabet agencies all along and it just got out of hand? Was it, was this the bat in the cave? You know what I mean? Yeah, I I think so. I mean, like it's just by looking at that, I I'm unfamiliar with that, which is just, it's so much, it's just so crazy how much you could find out there, but it, it just, I love, that's why I, just, I loved that. Uh, that I just showed real quick, just by the title, the FBI's secret war against the Patriot movement and how infiltration tactics relate to radicalizing influences. I mean, this is everything we're dealing with today. And this is eighties, right? That, that report is about events that happened in the eighties and before. Uh, you tell me, I don't know. I'm mean, this is all new to me. This was posted on 2012, but it does look like it's an older. Uh, yeah. So this, so this is like pre Q. This is pre like yeah. Patriot movie. This is pre tea party. This is, this is like, uh, you know, around the time of Waco and OKC. Cause that's what happened was it, it was Ruby Ridge. 
and then it was Waco, and then it was OKC, and those were kind of like this escalation. Mm-hmm. Um, and then during that same time span, you could also say Unabomber um, issues, which does die directly back to MK Ultra. Absolutely. So there's this concept of like those crazy people that want to go out into the woods and not use technology anymore. They're all lone wolves. They're all you know just going to be crazy on themselves without acknowledging like, oh, and maybe we totally screwed you know uh, Ted Kaczynski's head up. And I don't even think that was a drug one. It's so easy to be like, oh, they just, you know, he flipped on LSD. He didn't actually uh, take part in the drug trials. He took part in some weird, like, humiliation ritual uh, thing where he would show up and they would just berate him and tell him how stupid he was. And he never figured it out. And it broke him as as a person. I don't even think we have all the information there. Like, there's so many other creepy angles that people don't talk about from the MKL. Sexual manipulation, like some very dark stuff from that, which, by the way, perfectly overlaps with the nazi experimentation that we pretend we didn't just absorb into this country both from japan and from from you know operation paperclip and all this stuff but what you know what what i think is it's possible that we were already seeing more invasive kind of stuff even at that time you know what i mean like because they were experimenting with i can show you the research going back to the 70s from people like i mean any number of the stuff we've talked about you know going overlapping with the covid stuff and nanotechnology with where my mind is going you know you got the robert langers and the charles liebers and the stuff i've been pointing out a lot this this bio surveillance they've been experimenting and testing in this direction for a long time frankly i think that's largely what even happened just over throughout covid illusion but to back to him you know to mcveigh it's there's so many of these interesting overlaps showing you that it's again, whether it's a tragedy taken advantage of or somebody driven to that action, you know, the bigger picture comes back to how they are on the record trying to radicalize certain people so they can use that to essentially stop a movement they may see as threatening to what they're doing. The freedom, truth movement, whatever that's everywhere today. The vanilla ISIS discussion. I mean, it's just everything. I mean, everything we're seeing today, you're seeing these rat like they're seeding the radicalization that they point at to say that. I mean, January 6th was a perfect example of that. Right. I mean, they literally tried to manufacture this. It's one of the most obvious things I think I've ever seen. I mean, from people involved and we can go off on that all day. But, yeah, I, I think that this is the most concerning part because it's this is what's keeping people divided. Right. And then while we're focusing on each other and it's the the pedophile in the left or no, it's the white supremacist in the right. They're over here rolling out nanotechnology surveillance and we're not even paying attention. You know, it's like that's what's happening right now. And you know what's funny, too, is I think it's not working the way they want it to because you you don't even hear about it as much. They have to they have to have even weirder, like fringe things. Like basically, if you believe in gun rights at all, now you're a terrorist. Like they have to just paint you as the terrorist because they can't find anybody that'll nut up. Like they're trying really fucking hard. Like if there was anything to it, like January, uh, what what? I can't even remember the name. January 6th would have been a hell of a lot worse if they would have been able to get anybody to really nut up. Like all those guys just sat there and like walked through the velvet ropes. You saw you saw a hornhead getting escorted by cops into rooms and he'd be like, oh, that's cool. And he'd like and then he'd walk out like they can't even get anybody to nut up anymore. Like you you have to get the real weird ones where they're like. And then there was that guy from India that had a Nazi flag on him and, and like had a band and smashed into a barricade. And they were calling that white supremacy. Oh, just like, God. That was such a stupid right. story. That had to be one of the dumbest stories ever. And he had some weird little backpack. Like, this was such an obviously not real scenario. Like, you could argue it was like a real person, but like to frame this as some kind of like and they were immediately like, oh, it's connected to this and that. And it's the right white supremacy lone shooter. It's just, it's a yeah, like a, an Indian guy, right? Or like, it's just so stupid. They're, they're clumsily grasping at anything, you know? But to me, it always is tied back to the bigger conversation of what's going on in Ukraine, 
you know, that this has been an agenda to build this, to see this into the United States, which they've already tried to do to blame Russia. That's already kind of fallen apart. But let's not forget that there was a, a member of the Azov movement that was on the ground in January 6th yelling things in Russian. This has been documented numerous times. There's all sorts of people and leftist movements that are literally on video going, we did it. We tricked them. And I guess they missed that in their investigation. You know, what I mean, it's just an FBI agents everywhere they've now admitted to. I mean, this is really stupid. This is why people are just, you know, I mean, like elections wise, every but people that are usually kind of like normie minded are going like, what the fuck is happening right now? Like we're seeing things we don't even want to see. You know, it's like people are confused. And that's good, though. It's good. Get through that cognitive dissonance. Wake up to what's really going on. We have to address it. You know, that's step one is acknowledge there's a problem. Most people haven't even done that yet. I've I've got a, a I mean I think it's related but in a, in a tangential way but I love it that's my favorite sl a slightly <laughs> political question here but I mean I I feel like you're you you have you've got a lot of input right you've got a lot of data in there and and a lot of opinions so I'm curious what do you think of like the electoral college system where you let the masses vote but you're like all right we're we're gonna take your considerations into account but here's what I think you really need because. I think at the core of like conspiracy theory, especially political conspiracy theory, it's it's almost like pop, pure populism. This is why I got it. You mentioned Ukraine. I'm mean, thinking Trump and Zelensky and this new wave of like the populist comedians get to run the show because everyone likes them more versus these boring politicians that are like mean and grumpy or whatever. Um, but like that's kind of in my mind, the Electoral College, right? That's saying like, no, 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 you're not allowed to elect Stephen Colbert as president. We get we get what you want. So like, here's the version that won't destroy the country because we know best. So I'm just curious what you think about that dynamic. Well, what's really interesting is that what you described is sort of the broken reality of the electoral college, not really what it's supposed to be or ever was designed to be right. Like, so what you're saying right now is that it's essentially like, like a couple of good examples. We have the doc, the, the, weird article that came out where they were like shh we kind of controlled what happened in that election to save democracy it was so stupid <laughs> but, but democracy it was so dumb but then but then you have things like the dnc admitting in we can be you know in cigars filled rooms whatever that quote was we can basically decide the primary whether or not we like what you voted for and so there's all these examples of that my, my point is that we've gotten to that point where we kind of pretend that's or like accept it as the, the point is that the electoral college was originally designed to, to create a balance, whether it was ever honest to begin with, you can question for yourself, but to create a balance based on populations of states, right? So you have a state over here that's got, you know, four times the population of a state over here. So it doesn't make sense that the states should have the same amount of voting power. That logically makes sense, right? So you create a, a dynamic where it's based on, you know, electoral votes based on that kind of idea. But over the years, that's gotten bastardized even more and gotten manipulated, you know. And so then we get to a point to where elector electoral college people are saying, well, we don't even have to really vote for what you guys decide. It's like it just it's gotten so broken. It all comes back to the reality of whether you even think whether through electoral college or not, that your vote is even actually translating to something of an outcome. I think we've proven that repeatedly is not true at the very least, broken so many different ways that it's not really translating at all. You guys can decide. I, I will never tell somebody not to vote. If you think it makes a difference, do that. But make sure you don't only do that. There's a lot of other things you can do. I see it as consent. But back to the point is that I think the Electoral College, originally the way it was designed is a logical thing. 
But I think that the reason it's even necessary is because the system is, is almost designed to be manipulated. I, I frankly compare the system, even it's from its into, uh, in, uh, creation to other countries that have done de democratic style elections for a long time, like like uh, my buddy Pasta Jardula. We'll talk about this all the time that you go in these other countries and they'll have entire like massive country voting for the presidential election. They'll have all of these done in one day. Each location does all the voting in the same location where they get the ballots. Everybody can stand and watch. It's all paper ballots. Now, obviously, you can always find ways to cheat, but it's like that, that when you compare this one day process to what this country goes through. It's a cartoonish reality. It takes weeks and months and recounts and every there's 47 different people with 47. different. It's really stupid. It's meant to be confusing right it's the movie okay. brazil yeah it's like yeah, having yeah. them come in and like like fix the the pipe in the wall and they're like they dive in and they come out like eight hours later right <laughs> it's, yeah it's like making intentionally making it more complicated but as much as this kind of a long and abstract answer i guess my point would be that the based on the way the system was designed it made sense to begin with but it's already been broken and bastardized i think it needs to be removed I think we need to reevaluate how this gets done, remove the concept. Like if we really want to try to make this accurate, you could even go to just saying one vote per person, majority rules. But see, even that I don't agree with because mob rule is not how really this should end up working. Because, if you know, 51 percent decides for 49 percent, it doesn't really feel like what we pretend it is. But either way, the point is right now, I don't even think we have that, you know. So it's 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 a very complicated thing. And I think we just need to get back to more simplicity. But yeah, the electoral college is, is is complicated to say the least. I mean, it's you can I can have a debate with somebody about this that, and I, I'm not the expert on it either. But people bring up points where you're like, yeah, like that that makes sense. It's logical, but you know, it's just about how it gets abused and whether it even translates. I think that's the real point. I don't I don't vote. I haven't voted my entire life because I've always argued that it's from the my earliest example of this. I was aware that. You know, well, there. How, how can both sides say the like? This is the truth. No, this is the truth. And you're like, well, somebody's lying. And you know, and the point is, there's always dishonesty in all of this. And I think we've proven since then that it doesn't. So I'm vote nobody 2024. I've been saying that for a long time. We can talk about that if you want, but it's another big topic. <laughs> I definitely don't vote. I tried to vote once. I tried to vote for Gary Johnson, but they said my signature didn't line up, and so then it got and they got sent back to me. So. Democracy. Well, I I have always felt like a moron after voting. Like ever, like I think of my first, the first time I got to vote was in like 2000. It was Al Gore versus Bush. And it was like the, the hanging Chad thing in Florida. That's the state I was in. But I like every single time it, it was like, you're not allowed to complain unless you take part. And then you're allowed to complain. But then it's yep. like, if when yeah. I take complain, I was just like, man, I feel like I just re-believed in Santa Claus again. And I got <laughs> disappointed when there wasn't like presence under the tree magically. Right. Right. And, and the changed, more often right? I did that. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, and I get, I get like swept up earlier. I got swept up in like the cultural phenomenon of like, I want to vote for the first, you know, black president, or I want to vote for, Always you know, the, the Donald Trump over the, the Clinton uh, sort right. of legacy. And, like it actually feels like I'm watching American Idol and I'm just calling in and like voting for my favorite person. And I, what it is out of the two options, right? That's if, what if, it's going to turn into, dude. If, That's yeah. So, dude, if, if there's like a pendulum swinging right now, it doesn't feel like it's swinging towards the rational version of that. It feels like it's swinging more towards the like, cool. if I just get all my friends to call this 800 number and press five, <laughs> like we get to have a Clinton in house again. Well, here's the other thing that'll probably, you know, shatter people's realities that how about we realize that even American Idol is not actually real. You we're stop not really it right now. Like <laughs> <laughs> Realize that the Duck Dynasty people weren't actually what they looked like they were. Oh, my God. Our, our worlds are completely shattering. You know, that we it's, it, it all goes back to like in sync and these different boy band kind of thing. It all go back. But, you know, one of these times people realized 
wait, you mean those bands weren't organic? (laughs) Yeah, man, things are engineered around us, you know? But yeah, I I think when I was a kid, that uh, Lip Biscuit killed me when I found out they were fake. I loved Lip Biscuit when I was a kid. (laughs) There's so much fake everything out there, you know? And so the, the, the call in, it's not that far off. I mean, we're already kind of doing that, you know? We, we're convinced. A lot of people are convinced that all you have to do is wake up from your stupor of Walmart and McDonald's and go in there and check a box every four years and and you're a dutiful American. You know, it's just it's even if you think that's the most important thing to do, how do people rationalize that as being the only thing, which is a big problem, you know, but it's it's obvious that there's manipulation. It's, It's funny how we can have one side say that Russia stole it. Then the other side can say that the other side stole it, but then independently, they both argue that it's a system that we should be voting in when their side is in. I don't know. Like even right now, I'm like, so you're telling me that they stole it last year, but I should go vote for Donald Trump. Walk me through that logic, right? How does that make sense to anybody? You know, it's just, it's so stupid. I, I, I can't take anybody seriously that would say something like that. You know, I mean, that is a serious question that Donald Trump hasn't addressed that he'll tell you for certain that he won last time and they stole it from him. But this time, if you vote for him, he'll win. Right. <laughs> like, I mean, like, like, I guess the logic might or the argument might come from the Q kind of mentality where it's like there's going to be some kind of curtain that gets pulled back and it's all oh, it turns out he was always still president or some kind JFK of ridiculous. Jr. is alive. Dude, there's, I, I just saw that today, dude. Current president. There's tons of those people. Did, I met one yesterday. <laughs> seriously, dude, they still yeah. exist. Did you see? Did you see that today, or is that just a joke you pulled up? Because I saw that circulating no, again today. Really happened. I met no, somebody yesterday. I no, I mean the the uh, the JFK Jr. No, I just, that was a joke. I didn't yeah, think anyone still was on that. Today I saw this. I wonder if I could still. I mean, I'll pull it up. You guys, it's gonna blow yeah. your mind. I, I'm yeah. like, I can't believe. Like, I know these people still exist, but the fact that this and that it has like five hundred thousand shares. I'm like, dude, I have no faith in humanity anymore. Like, if this is. Like, so it's it's literally about not only that he's still alive and going to come back, but uh, here it is. But that the ultimate... Canadian whiskey smuggler is going to save America. <laughs> <laughs> well, but that he's so here's the thing. He's holding in a leave bottle. And so this woman is going, no, no, no. I'm a photographer. No photographer would have ever allowed that placement. I guess that doesn't make sense. But what it really means is that it stands for I'm alive. Holding in a leave <laughs> bottle. But watch, watch this. Check it out. This is the full thing. So it's got this picture of him. It's old, I guess, some old article. So why that means today, I don't know. It, none of this needs to make sense. You know, oh, look, there he's still alive. But And they're all just like, it, it, you guys can go through it. It's really, really silly. And I just said, it's all based on assumptions, subjective assumptions framed as definitive information. Like, I don't know why anybody falls for this stuff unless it's just entertainment, which a lot of it is. Teams so why, why do hardcore Trumpers think that some dead Democrat's going to come and save them? Yeah, right. <laughs> Funny, isn't it? <laughs> Gosh, it's just, and then, and then now the RFK running, you know, it's kind of revitalized some of these mental, but you know, look, I'm anything's possible. Anything is fucking possible. But my point is that they have no clue. It's just like, that sounds fun. We'll pretend that's real. Like that's ultimately what's happening. Well, my, the best meme I ever saw was like them hooked up to a bag and it said copium. And it's just them like trying to cope hard. Like oh, they're yeah. addicted to that drug. Like it's perfect. It's exactly. Sad dude. How like, do you think he got in the first time? Do you think someone just like fell asleep at the wheel and they were like, "Oh shit, Trump"? Yeah. Oh well, that's a whole that's a whole bag though. I mean, I well, let's talk about it. I mean, it's it's my opinion, and it's just I don't think anybody can prove at this point. I because who knows? I mean, there's still a lot of different, you know. But I think I think he was either used and didn't know it at the time, and has 
now decided he's not going to admit that because of his hubris or whatever else, as he still promotes the vaccine. Or maybe right? he still so doesn't know because he's such a dipshit. No, but see, and that's he thinks he's real now. No. <laughs> yeah, but like, it's not possible that he doesn't know. I mean, his supporters are at at like over the top vaccine bad. So he hears this. He must. He's not seeing his people hear it yet. He still comes out and says, you know, get it. It's my my legacy. Like, that's crazy. So either he was played to begin with and he's just showing his true colors in that sense now or he was always part of it. Like, I don't yeah. see how it's not. I don't see how it's possible. Let's not forget that WikiLeaks revealed Clinton's emails where they were back and forth ma saying, make sure he's on that final stage. So people all, all argue that that was because they thought it would help her win. Maybe not, right? Maybe the whole point was to get Trump in place so they could blame the false, everything that went wrong on Trump, which probably still going to happen. Like, oh, look, if tomorrow they came out and said, oh, we've now realized the, what was the problem all along, that Trump was involved. He made this X, Y, and Z happen. That's why the vaccine was failing. We're going to correct it. Now we're going to move forward. 90% of people that want to, like people would buy that, that want to believe it. You know, even, even people on the right may, because they've been taking the vaccine. I don't know, but that is something I feel like it's going to be pulled. And, and we've talked, we talked about the great divider, you know, when he came out, they used him from day one. Anything he said was fake, even though he said a lot of very real things, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I, I feel like he got played and maybe he just didn't want to admit it to himself, but I don't know. My gut tells me he, he must've known. There's no way. Oh, I Sorry. Go ahead, Nate. Oh, I was just going to say, I, I'm just looking at the other people on the sidelines. Like I'm looking at RFK and I'm mm -hmm. looking at uh, DeSantis and it really seems like DeSantis is actually growing legs, which is interesting a little bit. Um, what's his name? Uh, Thomas, what's the name of the Indian dude right, running on the right side? That, the Indian dude. Vivek, yeah. Yeah, Vivek Ramaswamy. Uh, he, man, that guy tells you exactly what you want to hear. Like, he's, real. he's really good at that. I don't believe um, it. It, yeah, I don't believe it. Well, he just so people know he he's got ties to like Epstein stuff. He's got ties to work World Economic Forum. He literally just came out and was like, "Yay, Biden just said everyone can be eligible for the vaccine." So credit where credit is due. I'm like, who the fuck is this guy? Like, what? Who's is anybody gonna like? Nobody wants that. Like, I don't, half the Democrats at this point are like, I don't know about those vaccines. <laughs> it's, it's very <laughs> weird what's getting pushed. You know, it's just strange. Secretly, I should say, you talk to these Democrats secretly. Most of them are like, yeah, I don't know. I'm not gonna take another one, but I'll pretend I like them when we talk about it. In the I, circle, know, you know? I know. I know. <laughs> What do you think is going on, though, on the right side of the aisle there? I see a lot of deep state push for uh, what's his name? Um, DeSantis. It seems there's like a lot of, of folks that are on the right side that are really trying to push him. Uh, there's got to be some creepy shit behind that. DeSantis seems like a pretty bought and sold puppet. Well, you know what? I And this is my opinion. You know, again, it's hard to say where they really stem. I mean, I think personally, my, my opinion is all of these people, Trump included, are all bought and paid for in a lot of different ways. That's they wouldn't be in these positions if they weren't. That's my opinion. But it doesn't mean all of them have the same mindset or, you know, some of them may convince themselves they're doing this for a larger good reason. I don't know. But just have a different mob boss. Exactly. Right. Just a different flavor of evil. Right. Yeah. But but the DeSantis part of it, if I had to guess, is he seems very much like a like a Trump automaton. Like they wanted like the hand movements and everything he does. It's like if you really look at him, somebody trained him, somebody or somebody trained both of them. It's the, the same man, way. Man. This is like the way. there's a there's a Ron Perlman out there for every Trump and DeSantis. Right. Training these boy bands. Right. Seriously. Seriously, though, it's funny that they, that they mannerisms the cadence in which they speak the hand that thing is just hard nobody does that right <laughs> but DeSantis out there going but everybody he's doing the same thing right it's so strange and Dude, so but he's so much worse at it yeah it's really sad watching him trying to do a trump i'm like god you suck I, I, <laughs> terrible I it's about giving them something else 
in worry that may like may, okay here's a good point of maybe an indication that trump isn't everything they want him to be that he was being used and he's still going to come along to some degree but he pushes back in ways that they don't like and they being whoever you want to think about that maybe the the at the uh desantis part of it was to go okay well let's recreate trump Right. Let's 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 dump on Trump. Let's blame him for the vaccine or whatever they're going to do. So we, we get him out of the way and we give them somebody that at least feels like Trump. Like that would make sense to me. And just yeah. this is not on anybody's side. I mean, that's I who I don't know. Kind of I mean, like how they co-opted the Ron Paul movement. and They gave us the Tea Party. Exactly. Well, yeah. or, or the point that like this, this is a different time. Right. So in this case, I think what they did was, you know, you got him during the covid discussion, standing up and starting to do certain things. They didn't really re didn't really remove the state power and and possible future control, but it gave him a win in the moment where it's like, well, we're not going to do it just like them. And but you read the documents, it's like, well, they can still do vaccine passports. What the fuck are you talking about? It's right there, you know. Or they can still do this if we should decide it's dangerous enough or whatever, you know. So my point is, I think that it's just a way to make DeSantis look like he's on the medical freedom side. When really he's not. I mean, there's a thousand examples in Florida that show you that's not really the case, but or the transgender conversation. You know, I, I don't really believe that a lot of what they're fighting for is what it looks like they're fighting for. You know, I think it's just about getting political wins leading up to the election, quite frankly. But we'll see. I do. I do agree with mo almost every almost every single thing that they put out in regard to the trans agenda. I think it's important that children are protected. That's really all they're really about is removing the sexualization of children. But, you know, again, I just don't buy that's really what they care about. It's like, that's a no brainer. <laughs> Obviously we all want children. So they just kind of take that win, you know, but we'll see. Yeah, man. It's, is there's a reason why it's always the kids, whether you're manipulating them, like trying to get them to give up too much, too much information online, or you trying to uh -huh. do all this, all these type of things. Cause like kids are they're They have an empty slate. You know, and so they're perfect for indoctrination. They're young. They don't have their, you know, their flags up yet. They don't they don't see this propaganda. And it's uh, it's pretty pathetic. It's pretty sad. It's pretty disgusting. And they're being trained wow. as always to take authority at face value. Right. Don't don't speak back. Don't stand up. Sit down. Do what you're told. Right. That's where we were all trained like that. You know, don't ask questions. That's your authority. That's your teacher. That's your parent. It's like, well, there's a difference between respect and and and. I guess in, in quit, I won't be the right word for, it, you know, asking questions, you know, cause that's how they want to frame it. It's like, it's not disrespectful to ask why I remember that. I remember that happening when I was in like a, a, I think it was like a daycare thing. I was a young kid and some teacher was like, you know, go do that like this. I forget what it was exactly. And I, I, sw I genuinely did not mean no. Like, like my answer was like, yes, but I was like, why she freaked out. And I'm like, I'm not, I didn't say no, I'm on my, I'm doing it. I'm on my way, but I'm just, I wanted to understand the logic. Like that's how my mind works. But she just was like, that's out of your station. You know, like you're not allowed to ask why. And I just kind of that that always sat with me. I remember that. It's a very vivid memory for me. I'm like, that was wild. Like in my mind, I was just like, are you on the way? And I'm just like, I want to understand so I can do this better. You know, just, but that's well, you think about the type of people that become teachers. It's the type of people <laughs> uh -oh. that thrived in those environments and probably never asked why. They were probably right. just like, okay. And they just right. did and the repeated and regurgitated the, you know the answers that they were told it's, they, it's they, ironic they, right the more you ask why the less suited you are for school right it's not about why it's never about why it's about like remember what's on this fucking page until friday <laughs> police military medicine that's all that's what it's become it's the same thing you don't push back like ask any doctor today what they went through in medical school 90 percent of the time you're not even allowed to ask questions that does it's it's, it's it is in do, you're creating automatons that don't know how or why they know, oh, this word, that's this pill. <laughs> that's 
That's, that's what we're talking about. I mean, like, I'm not saying they don't have other knowledge, but that's what, how they're being trained. And it's, it's on them whether they want to flesh out that information, you know, for the most part. And that's not my opinion. I've spoken to many doctors that will be honest about that, you know, but I have an interesting theory about the teacher part of it, you know, that we always we've everyone, I think, can see the obvious overlap of, you know, it's always it's made fun of in movies and stuff of the, the bully that grows up to be the policeman or how, you know, whatever, or the military, whatever, because they lose that authority over people when they come out of a situation where it's kind of allowed for them. And so they go, well, where else can I control people's lives? You know? And so it's not everybody, but I think I see the same thing in a lot of teachers. And my, my dad is a teacher who is one of the good ones, in my opinion. Like he's, he's one of the reasons I am the way I am. He's always encouraged me to go, you know, here's what we're teaching, but you know, how do you think about that? Do you think that's true? Like, what do you think? You know, and that's most teachers don't do that. But I have a theory that that's part of the same dynamic that you got these teachers that are coming from a position of weakness, you know, where they want authority over people. And it's because of the culture wars today. That's why we're seeing this overwhelming flood of people coming from the left in this case, which, by the way, over decades, it always teeter totters. But not in the sense that always, you know, liberals kind of had a lock on schooling for a long time, but that, you know, that they end up in the position because they want to indoctrinate children. I don't even mean that in a way that they think is like a sinister thing. Yeah. They just think they're right. They think that I have the right moral precision. And so I want to make sure these kids know. And then even their teachers, their parents, you have to know. Don't we all see that? I mean, it's everywhere today. That's what I think. It's pretty fucking pathetic because I did. I came from the left. I was left to shit. And I definitely thought I was morally superior. I think 100%. Yeah. I was well, that, that's, that's the brand, right? That's, that is the exact branding is that, you know, join this team we're all scumbags, but at least we're like the good ones that help, you know, that help people don't go to that team. And I, I remember growing up too. I was always like, why would anyone be on the other team? That's like, they're like, everyone knows they're the bad people. Right. And it's, it's yeah, funny everyone, how you, right? yeah, how you grow into that. <laughs> well, dude, I never even really talked to a Republican. I remember the first person I was in culinary school uh, for bacon and pastry. This was like 2000, probably 14 2015 and i was still a fucking democrat i was still a bernie bro and i okay. sat there and i was like talking to this lady and she was like no i'm voting for trump and i was like my mind was blown i was like you're actually gonna vote for trump and i sat there and i had this co like two hour conversation with her and i still didn't understand it at the end but i think that was like the first little chips away at me that i was like even willing to talk to this lady because everybody else thought i was fucking crazy that i even talked to talk to her that's, that's uh, crazy man and she's another American, you know, she's another person with a different perspective. You know, it's just wild. <laughs> well, so, well, so good. I, I, we were talking crazy and I, we think we've already burned all of our social credit with the topics we've gone over. Oh, hold so on, hold wanna... on. Before, before you switch topics, yeah, I was going to say one, one thing on that is that I think it's what, what I found very interesting. And I think this is a more common thing today is that I, when I was growing up, it was, I was weird that I, I kind of was adverse to politics to a large degree when I was, you know, elementary school, junior high, even high school. I was kind of like, I, I was football and, you know, doing my thing. I was focused on that. But I got, even when it started becoming like, even like 9 11, for example, I remember waking up and whoops, seeing that happening. And even at that time, I wasn't like left or right. It was like, I just almost didn't care. It's a very weird thing. And then at some point when I started getting immersed in it, I was immediately like, this seems like a fault. I don't know. I, I don't know what it was that I think it's because of the way my parents raised me, but I was already very inherently skeptical about the false dynamic. I don't know why exactly, but my point is I think that's happening a lot more today that a lot of these younger kids, even though coming through the schooling system are kind of just like, I, but they hear what we're saying. Like this part, this conversation, whether considered conspiracy theory or not is being heard by everybody. That's the interesting part of that. And so it's, it's there, you know? So I think people are waking up to it more than ever to put a positive note on it, you know? Anyway, go ahead. 
Where are you at on on Pizzagate? Oh well, I mean, in what way? I mean, I that's I was. Probably well, you mentioned the, the Clinton. As, as soon as you mentioned the the Clinton emails uh, from the WikiLeaks, that's where my mind immediately goes because mm. in, in my mind, that's like one of the most significant, whether real or not, that was the most significant aspect of the Clinton campaign talking about sacrificing a chicken to Moloch, even if it was in jest. Um, but like the thing that spurred out of that and the Comet Pizza and the Elephantus uh, connections, like. How much of that do you think is legit? Is it just like a big money laundering thing? Or is, are there like nefarious, you know, spirit cooking parties happening legit? Well, it's it's interesting that, uh, let's see, I'll grab an article I'll just include. But I, Last American Vagabond was talking about this discussion as early as possible. Like this was something with the moment this was starting to, it wasn't even called Pizzagate yet, you know? So, and this is even with Q, by the way, in the same, not that they're necessarily the same, there, there are overlaps, but that, you know, we were kind of talking about this and, di and digesting what they were saying when it was still like fall of the white rabbit. I hadn't become Q yet. You know, that's TikTok. why I feel like I've got a lock on this to be like, I've followed this the entire time and I've been skeptical the entire time, you know, like there, and it's always been subjective. They've been wrong about more than half of the things they say, you know, that kind of thing. So on Pizzagate, it was early and the, a lot of the stuff that was coming out was was there was a lot of important stuff about in government overlaps with pedophilia networks and a lot of these different things that go back a long way. I'll grab a couple articles. So to make this short, because I know we have limited time as well, but the point is that it's a very real topic, right? What we're talking about is not some pizza shop in a basement. That That's a story, as much as there is something to this discussion, that was a story that got hyper-focused on to lose us in the minutia as opposed to the important parts of this, which you could prove there are very serious and concerning. Epstein's whole thing made that clear. There is an obvious blackmail network of, of sexual blackmail, pedophilia in particular, that is aimed at people in power. It's amazing that we can hear that, know that. They grudgingly admit it, and yet we, they're still kind of like sex trafficking, like it's some kind of fake story. It's very, and I think that shows us more than anything. Hold on, let me grab these before I forget. So the, the point is that these things are real and that ultimately we got this kind of false cartoonish narrative put over the top of all this. Sorry, I can't do two things at once. It's in all aspects of power too, because they, they talk about it being in like in the rap music industry that like, Maybe P. Diddy is like one of those people that are one of those gatekeepers. That it's right in the name, right? P. Diddy. Yeah. <laughs> what yeah, does that mean? Yeah, my well, buddy I, I want to call P. Diddler, and it was pretty hilarious, <laughs> but like it was serious at the same time. I just want everyone to be to be careful with though, because the point is this story is 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 abused. There was a lot of fake information. <clears throat> like to take the emails, for example. Well, first of all, this is where this story, you know, largely began. Now, this is 2017. The Clinton Silsby trafficking scandal was what I posted anyway. And the media cover up the true origin of Pizzagate. Now, this story is about about Laura Silsby, who has now changed her name to Laura Gaylor, who was caught trafficking children from Haiti out of Haiti. They arrested her, charged her with sexual trafficking of children. Clinton in personally and the State Department stepped up and got her off. No charges. Everything went away. Now, Laura Silsby now literally works for or at the time when I wrote this, went on to work for a child alert sense for loot for missing children and change her name to Laura Gaylor. OK, it's a real story. It's easy to look up at the time. Chuck Todd on NBC even did a report on the the mainstream media talking about how uh, there was allegations of pedophilia at the State Department. And it was all it was, and this all got kind of eclipsed by the larger kind of hyperbolic story with people like. David Seaman, if you remember him, championed, where is he today? 
championed the hyper-focus on things we couldn't prove, even though they were important, like the emails, for example. Now, if people go through on The Last American Vagabond and search, you'll find a, an endless amount of these articles outlining all of this stuff. Very, oh, here's this report, by the way. All this stuff, like all the links to all the important Pizzagate information, the stuff you can prove. Here's this one. NBC report, Clinton covered up elite pedophile ring at the State Department. Of course, they removed the video, right? But anyway, the point was that the emails were real. And of course, we couldn't prove what they actually meant, right? That's an objective statement. But it's very clear that there was something weird being discussed, right? There's all sorts of weird insinuations and weird code words. And of course, then you could point out that a lot of those did, in fact, overlap with FBI talking points and images that you can prove. It's all very real stuff. However, to be objective, you would say we that might not be what they meant you have that's being objective you have to say that right so the point though is that yeah, that is only just loves thousands and thousands of dollars worth of hot dogs at his party right right again yeah. it's but <laughs> who knows if they're dogs. insinuating about some other joke or my point is yeah. we don't know for sure even though i agree with you it's quite interesting and obvious that there's something going on there my point was if all you do is focus on those emails like people like seaman david seaman was his name you you and pretend like that proves everything you're losing everybody because it doesn't prove everything but when you broaden it out so you have the emails and you point out things that were going on at that pizza shop with and elephantus and the weird dark stuff that, with the transgender stuff they were doing all the way back then late at night with nudity and children it was very strange and weird and you can prove it all right my point is that all of it together with this story that there was very clearly something going on and then you have the epstein later come out part part come out of it and it's all it's all connected but you get hyper focused on the minutiae and that's how they play this game. It's sort of like the truth movement thing we were talking about before, where they create some like hyper radicalized person and dump all the narrative on them and say, oh, no, it's just it's you know, that's what's happening. Not the real story that we're creating. You know, anyway, there's one of the one I wanted to include. And then I do have to actually have to get out of here. But uh, this one is important. Six case studies. Now, this is just for people. I'll include all these so you guys can check them out. This one goes long before. The idea oh, of yeah. Pizzagate. And you just, you guys have probably seen the article, right? This article is important. <clears throat> but what yeah, the, Fra the Franklin scandal, essentially. Yeah. Lost my window here. There we go. Uh, so, what this is, this is something we put up a while back. And it was uh, 2019. Oh, no, actually, we reposted it in 2019. It was 2015, which called the six case studies that point to massive pedophilia rings at the highest levels of power. Now, this is what it was really about. Anybody that was honestly trying to investigate this was tying in a lot of actual historical stuff around what was really going on. Cases like the Presidio military base or the Franklin scandal or any number of the ones that list in there that show you, unlike the, the military base is the most disgusting one, not to get crude with it, but where you have preschoolers, preschoolers who all, I think most of them came down with venereal disease and they literally said it was in their imagination. You can look it up for yourself. How you pretend that all these preschooler kids at this base, you know, it's the point was there was obviously something going on. Read all this stuff and you'll find out that it's still happening today. Someone like Dennis Hastert, who is third in line to the president, does not get arrested as a serial child molester when when there's nothing going on. Right. That also really happened. You know, in any case, I, 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 you can go, I, there, I, I can go off on this forever. The reason I just did that at the end here is because I think it's really important that we don't lose, you know, miss the forest for the trees. Right. So I'm glad I'm glad you brought it up. So thank you for giving me that opportunity because this doesn't get talked about enough, you know, and it's concerning. And I want to drop a deep reference here, too, on this that specific uh, issue is Craig J. Spence, who was one of the guys that was kind of 
in between worlds. He was kind of the Epstein back during that Franklin scandal. Uh, Franklin and Franklin was a Republican, right? He he sang the the um the anthem at the Republican National Convention and then hosted an after party with Maureen Reagan directly afterwards. So this is you know bipartisan. You could say the, the oh, pedophiles oh, in in Washington are bipartisan, right? Yeah, McMartin preschool false memory syndrome foundation. There's all these classic examples. The finders, Derek Bros has written about that a lot. You know, these are all things that are still going on. He's written a lot about the, uh, the, the Mormon church overlap, the scandals that were like right now are coming to head where people are actually getting arrested. You know, it's just, we don't, we don't talk about it anymore. Or, you know, how about the, the Catholic church? How it's all fake and you're all liars until they go, Oh, sorry, you're all right. We're not going to talk about it. You know, it's like, we, how about everyone's knows. favorite rock singer from the seventies? <laughs> oh my Seville. Yeah. You know, is that what you're talking about? Uh, well, I mean, Led Zeppelin, Jimmy Page. Oh, oh, I mean, I, thought, I mean, yeah, just not really rock throw, star, throw a rock, man. throw a dart at the wall, and have it just be like '70s uh, rock covers. Yeah, man, it's it's a it's a dark dark history that's still going on. You know, like let's let's remember that as they often point out, Epstein or Glenn Maxwell. We don't have any client lists. How is that even possible? You know, the we point don't. is that was one we, person. We don't. Right. I often say things like that and people have to go, how do you not know that, Ryan? I'm like, I'm not, I'm, I know I'm, I'm posing that as a question for people. Like, you know, I know it's not you, what you meant. I'm just laughing. Cause I just did that on Twitter the other day where I'm like, you know, how is that possible? And like a bunch of people are like, how can you not know? <laughs> I'm trying to inspire thought people. <laughs> well, I really well, enjoyed Ryan. this guys. I, I love this. Kind of, I love this dynamic. You guys are fun to talk to. Likewise. Yeah. Hell yeah, man. You're welcome back anytime, brother. Uh, I know you got to go. So do you want to throw your plugs and tell everybody where they can find you? Yeah. The, uh, the last American vagabond.com is the, the best place to look for all the information. You know, we, we have platform. We're on every platform everywhere, Substack, Twitter, you know, all the rest of it, but ultimately that location. And I say the same for you guys. Do you have a website of your own? I see paranoid American.com. Paranoid American does. Yeah. I need to get on it. I haven't even set up the Patreon. It's been a there minute. You go. <laughs> I recommend everybody do that, you know, go directly to the source because as these things get more and more controlled and suppressed and censored, that's going to be at least, you know, for the time being the best way to go. So that's where all our stuff is. All of our, you can support us. You can donate, you can follow all the shows on the website, but uh, you know, check out realities ours as well, guys support them. They're doing good work. So thanks for having me on guys. Hell yeah, man. Cheers, brother. So you've decided to listen to the realities ours podcast. How brave of you. Nate and Paranoid American may think that they're merely discussing cryptozoology, interdimensional realities, and crude humor. But know this, listening to this podcast puts you on a certain list, the Clinton body count, if you will. The truths they reveal are not for the faint of heart, nor the blissfully ignorant. Listen, if you dare, but remember, some doors, once opened, cannot be closed. And now, your hosts... Those audacious explorers of forbidden knowledge, the reality czars, Nate and Paranoid American. <laughs>